Welcome to Momentum, encouraging women who follow Jesus because your leadership and influence matters. This is Denise Harlow. I am very, very excited about today because I have a friend of mine who is she and her husband turned a church around just like Tim and I did. How many years ago was that, Sarah? 32 years we started there. Wow, 32 years. And turnaround ministries are tough. You pastors' wives who have experienced that or are in the middle of that know how difficult that can be. So we can truly uh, relate to that. But anyway, I'm here with Sarah Huxford from Savannah, Georgia. Her and her husband turned around Compassion Christian Church. And she also has a unique perspective because she is the pastor's wife, Cam is her husband, and she has also served on staff in several different roles at her church. Um, For many years, she was the creative arts and production director there, and now she's the woman's pastor there at Compassion Christian Church. And I'm really excited because she has written a book and has her own blog post. Um, Anyway, I'm going to have her tell us more about those in a minute. But Sarah has so much wisdom to share with you all. And so I just wanted her to come share some of that with you girls. First, Sarah, why don't you tell us about your family just a little bit? Yours is total opposite of mine. That's kind of fun. Well, I um, am the mother of three boys. I I tell everybody I had them the hard way. I gave birth to three big boys, and then I now have three daughters, which I got the easy way because my sons married them. And now I also have seven grandchildren. So I'm just kind of in the fun stages where I'm enjoying all that um, mothering, turning to grandmothering, and it's a a fun stage. I love that stage. It's so good. good. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is. I love it. Our oldest son is in Seattle, and he's a worship leader at a church out there called Cross and Crown. And our middle son is in ministry with us in Savannah, and he's a lead pastor at one of our regional campuses. Then our youngest son is in youth ministry, and he's in a church also close to where we live. And so we feel blessed to have two close to home and two way across the world. So, Yeah, and I I love it and because... Their son's lives speaks volumes. The fact that they grew up in church, pastor's kids, around the church a lot, and they love the Lord enough to want to serve him today. And that's, that's not easy. That is not easy to do. No, so. it's one of those things we prayed every day of our life, literally together as a couple, that our children would not grow up resenting the ministry. And we just love seeing God answer that prayer because we didn't necessarily want them to go into ministry. We know there's a lot of hard things in it. But when they chose to do that, I said, only go into it if, if it's a call from God. So we do thank the Lord because that's just answered prayer. Because it, it can be, a, you know, a, that's a different experience for a lot of ministry families. So we just give him the glory of that. Yeah, and it... And I don't want you to think less if you've already raised kids and they're not in ministry. Um, I don't want you to think, oh, I was a horrible mom. No, we, I just want you to realize Sarah and Cam just really did some things right. And I've just asked her to share just some different things along the way of how she navigated her own life uh, spiritually and emotionally. And I just want her to share anything she wants to share today. But um, first of all, Sarah, why don't you share how you navigated 
your life spiritually. That's tough. Three boys. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of energy in the house. Well, I tell you, I think back at all of the busy, busiest years, and I think of you young moms and you pastors' wives and you women just in ministry trying to do it all, and you just you really feel like you're just wearing so many hats and doing so many things. And, and I have um, had those times where I'm like, I just feel completely empty, and I find out that it's because I don't have my Jesus time in order. And so even in the early years with the kids, um, you know, you finding that time. But I have always tried to be with another group of women to study the Bible together as well as my own time in the Lord because you just need both. You kind of need that time where that's just a part of your life. So as the women's pastor, we love to say, make sure you're studying with a group of sisters, but but then your own time with the Lord is so precious. And I think as I, if I'm being really honest, that's one part that goes away when you get busy. It's like, okay, Lord, I'll see you later. And we keep busy for the Lord, but we don't spend as much time with the Lord. So I, I look back thinking, oh, I wish I'd run those seasons a little differently. And, and you know, uh, it, it's our prayer that, you know, each season we find that joy, but it's always coming back to him. Yeah. Oh, I like that you said that. I remember after Rachel was born and we had um, were in a youth ministry and I was not I wasn't putting the time in with my own spiritual life like I should, and I knew it, and it hit me, and I thought, you know what, I am not disciplined enough, so I am. I'm going to join a Bible study, and so I ended up joining, uh, you know, a nationwide Bible study that had homework and everything just to kind of have accountability Mm -hmm. and force myself spiritually, and it was a big growing time for me, so... You all out there are probably more disciplined than I am, but it, it really does help. No, I needed the help of my sisters to come alongside and be accountable too. But I, you know, I love my personal time with the Lord, but I always feel like we should have both time in the word and our pastors at my church, I'm married to him. So we love the feeding from the pulpit, but it's just, you've got to find that time during the week to have that other feeding. Yeah. And I use it as a time to kind of reevaluate wow, Denise, you've really screwed up there. Are you allowing God and the Holy Spirit to work on you there And uh, in this particular area? It's a time of self-reflection, a time of praying, okay, God, help me, stop me before I say something stupid or whatever it might be. I have to even pray that I listen to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. moment by moment in, in times of life. So um, I wish I could say that always came, comes naturally, but I, I think Satan's always at us to, you know, right. be busy. It takes work, I tell you, and I, I only get to see my friend Denise about twice a year, and I'm so thrilled to be with her, and she reminded me of something that I just put on my blog recently, which I, I flashed back to a picture I'd taken with all my little boys, all dressed alike, and I'm sitting there with this pasted-on smile that's as pasted-on as my bangs were stiff with hairspray back in the <laughs> back in the 90s, and it's like, and I'm, I, I just remember that woman trying to have it all together, just trying to have it all together, and my smile says one thing, but I, my teeth clench just saying, sit up and look happy. The pastor's <laughs> family needs to look happy, and I, why do you do it? I think we want to feel like we have it all together, but I think some of the healthiest things we can do, even for our spiritual life, is to have somebody to say, you know, I don't have it all together, and, and so especially with uh, women who are on staff or women who are pastor's wives, I think we feel like we're supposed to have it all together, and I, 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 the most beautiful day in my 
my life is when I realized you play for an audience of one, mm-hmm. and that's our Lord Jesus. And as Paul says several times, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all, you know, for him, under him, under his power. And I just love the fact that, you know, when I look back now and I can laugh with my daughter-in-laws are now struggling to be pastor's wives and keep that whole family look together and... Um, hopefully their children won't be as mean to them as mine are to me about making fun of me, dressing them funny, and said, whoever thought we should dress all your kids alike? I said, I wanted oh. us to look together and unified. But it's uh, just... You weren't alone, yeah. I was just going to say. But it, they can make fun all they want, and, and, you know, but now their wives are there trying to, and you just realize, boy, we've got to have some backup, but we also have to have that settled that... I do this as unto the Lord. I do it for him. And if I'm doing it for anybody as pastor's wife, I think we're the kind of the worst ones. We do it for all the other people. And, and I just, I I just think that was a relief in my life to look back and just say, you know what? I don't have it all together and I need to count on the strength of my Lord Jesus Christ. And if he and I aren't okay, then I'm not okay. And so just what Denise was sharing, if you, if you let that piece of you just go hungry and longing and empty, we're, we're not going to be able to do anything for the Lord. And, and I remember that empty feeling and I'm, and I'm, longing to stay balanced as I look back you want to just find the joy in every season and I when I look at that picture I wish I'd a laugh trying to you know at laughed at my boy's funniness mm-hmm. and they're just their cute personalities but I said no sit up and look like you have a different personality instead of you scruffy looking boys or <laughs> and I remember saying so many times you are not funny you're not funny sometimes I wish <laughs> I'd say you were really funny and so we just kind of wear this thing where we're trying to you know we're trying to appear something and and the lord never wants us just to appear like a perfect christian family or ministry family or pastor's family he just wants us to be who he created us to be yeah and i think that's why he gave us grandkids because it's like a second chance to not take it all so seriously isn't it exactly exactly so much fun so you mentioned your blog tell everybody what your uh your blog uh, web address is and uh, also I want you to talk about your book just a little bit if you would okay well I have a blog on sarahhuxford.com and I actually started it along with the Harley Chronicles so when you click on there there's a big shiny apple red <laughs> candy apple red Harley on the on the page The book is called The Harley Chronicles, Everything I Learned About My Marriage on the Back of a Harley. So it was fun to write. It has a lot of my husband's and my stories, and he, you know, allowed me to tell about our goofy life and some things that happened. But I started the blog to help some women who are walking alongside the Harley Chronicles chapter by chapter in a book club. So the first ones are just a book club and have some pictures about the the bike. But I've kept that up, and it's been interesting to to just have a, a... a way to get some information out to the women that I know uh, are listening. But then even if just it's, a you know, four people listening or uh, or uh, 400, it doesn't matter. I just think we need a voice as women in this culture about marriage. And I love the fact that there's some will- women partnering with me to have a voice and willing to um, make their marriage biblical. And I think it's not real popular to have what's called a biblical marriage right now. So what's mm-hmm. fun about the Harley Chronicles is each chapter has a story, but then we look at our our stuff. You know, we we can't change our spouse. We look at our stuff. What and the group of women I'm in a class with now, it's just been full of laughter. It's from single women to newlyweds to old women, and it's so good to spend time around the table table intergenerationally. You learn so much from each other at mm-hmm. different ages. 
And with marriage, you know, it's not like rocket science that you learn this from the book, but we have decided to go from Genesis to Revelation and say our marriages need to be under the authority of the Word. What does mm. the Bible say about marriage? And um, so often, you know, I love the homes our young women are building today, and I, the Proverbs talks about we as women, we build our homes, but there's all the ways we tear it down, and that information's ageless, even though we're saying, well, I don't want the marriage like my parents or in this everything's different today well the scripture's not different it is ageless and your marriage under the authority of the scripture looks all different it's just been kind of a precious ride uh no pun intended but but to just the people that's coming along on this ride to just say we're willing to be a group of women of all ages to say okay lord what do you say about marriage? The world says all kind of craziness about it, but what do you say about marriage? So it's been kind of a fun ride. Oh, that's cool. So in your book, you do it chapter by chapter, and then you all have discussion. And how many chapters about is it? It's eight. Um, I'm in women's ministry, and the magic number right now for Bible studies is eight. Women uh-huh. don't go to a lot more weeks than that. It's just kind of something we laugh about. But we, then we'll spend time to, with each other after the eight weeks are over. But it's eight chapters and then there's the story part and then there's the lessons I learned on the back of the Harley there's a lesson part and then there's a group discussion part and the power of it really is coming around those tables and just having the time to discuss your marriage and your issues and say uh, again I'm not in this alone there's things that what how can God change me because we can't all just have our main prayer be change him change him change him but what does God want to do in me and Mm. it's been kind of a neat unique bonding of women that are willing to just humble themselves in their area of marriage. Yeah, that is so good. I mentioned in another podcast, uh, I was at a bridal shower and they said, give a piece of advice. And my piece of advice was be willing to change yourself and be Mm -hmm. changed Mm -hmm. and let the Holy Spirit change you because uh, it's easier to want to change the other person, isn't it? We can see exactly what they need to fix very easily. (laughs) That is so true. Sorry, honey. (laughs) Anyway, but that is such great advice. So I recommend getting that book, whether um, just to read it on your own or use it for a group study of friends or women at your church, however you might. But um, Sarah's got a lot of experience to share. So we talked about uh, navigating our lives spiritually as moms. Um, Wow. When I think about navigating it emotionally, uh, you have such a different perspective than I had because I have three girls, which everybody jokes about all the hormones in the house, but (laughs) we somehow survived. But the energy in the house with three boys, uh, how did you survive that and did you uh, handle that emotionally? Well, I love a house full of boys. I've always thought they were just the greatest, but I'm telling you, it was a a busy time. Even the dog was a boy at our house. I'm telling you, I was so outnumbered, and it was one of those things. And so if you were to ever hear me talk about my boys, you'd think they're the most amazing men on the planet, and they're, you know, seven feet tall, because that's what I, I just love boys. But I'm telling you, when I got my first girl, my oldest son married her, 
the sun came out, the birds started singing, life was good, I had details about Thanksgiving, I had a different kind of communication in the house, and I'm, I'm married to a talker, but I'm telling you, we talk about that in the Harley Chronicles, it's, we just speak such different languages, and so there were times where, you know, uh, you feel outnumbered as the only female in the room, and is anybody, you know, getting me here, but, um, but I, I love the fact that it was a, a busy life, and the Lord taught me so much through my boys, I just think I wouldn't trade anything. But in this next generation, the girls are winning. I have five girl grandchildren that are girls and two grandchildren that are boys. So for the first time in three generations, the girls could win a family vote at a family meeting, and we're <laughs> proud of that. But um, it's I know with moms of boys, and, and I even had people say when I had three, like, oh, I'm sorry, it must be so hard. Because in the early years, I think boys are harder. And most teachers will tell you, you got to jump on the rowdy boys, keep them in, in, you know, in, in tow or the class goes crazy. And so for any of those of you out there with a house full of boys, you are a blessed woman. Your blessings, are, as far as they say in the Bible, we should, we should realize how blessed we are. But sometimes we need a little backup even there, and we need we need people to help us. And we have found at our church, when we run a, boy, a class called Raising Boys with Honor, women flood to it. Because, mm. and in my book, The Harley Chronicles, we talk about they... Um, the little male person is different than the female person. And so Denise knows a whole new thing, and I'm just learning that about the girl part of it, and there's the different kind of uh, emotions in the house, but there's this testosterone thing in the house of an all-boy house. And mm. I used to have to, when I had a college Bible study, they'd say, we're going to get you a sign over the thing that says this is not a locker room because uh, <laughs> a herd of boys can go down the wrong direction. But it's been just a, a blessing to, to realize that we moms with, a lot, with boys, we kind of need to go to school on that. So, Sarah, as we close out today, um, for the women out there who are serving on their church staff or pastor's wife or many of them both, as in both in you and I's cases, um, what, what encouragement could you give them? I, I know they're fatigued. I know they're trying to juggle everything. What encouragement could you give them today? Well, I am just honored to get to speak to you women that are pastors' wives, but women on staff of churches and just leadership women in the church. And I just think we have such an amazing message for women everywhere. There's so many lost women out there that needs to know there's a hope. And I, I think what's interesting is we're in a time where the world kind of uses women's issues to kind of beat the church a little bit and, and poke at them and say this isn't a place for women. And I think we as uh, staff women and leadership women and God's women of any kind need to be saying uh, Jesus Christ was the first man that liberated women. He, there's always been an amazing place for uh, women in his church and doing the work of his church. And so mm -hmm. my big encouragement to you is to just keep doing what you're doing and be that strong voice and go ahead and, and, and make that a voice that the world can hear because we're the only place for hope for women. If you look at any other religion, women are not honored. It's a worldwide women are in danger and, and, and oppressed. But in the church of Jesus Christ, because of our Lord Jesus, he has made a place for us. And you women with strong leadership gifts and talents, 
and if you're uh, working for pay or if you're working for nothing, the church is a place where women can find the use of their talents and their gifts. So my big encouragement is keep doing what you're doing. It's so important. It's so important to have women's voices in the church that just call out and say, this is a place that's safe. This is a place where Jesus has called his women to be a part of something really amazing. And we have the honor of kind of as leadership women of being that voice. And I just encourage you to keep being that voice, even as tired as we get. Mm -hmm. uh, the main advice would be to hold on to our Jesus because he has so much he needs for us to do in his church and, and in, our, in our world as we give women hope that this is a place where they find out who they really are and what they were created for. So go out there and keep doing it. Yes, so thank you so much, Sarah. And women out there, just, um, just hold on. Like she said, hold on to your Jesus. And he is the one that has the grace for you. We're harder on ourselves so much more than Jesus is. But your leadership and influence matters, women, so hold on to him. This has been Denise Harlow with Sarah Huxford, and thank you for listening.